0: Nick, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> Merry Christmas!
1: Merry Christmas! Ho, 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 ho! It's the Science Shed Christmas special. It is. It's a bit of a, a Merry tradition Christmas, now.
0: everybody. I hope you're having a lovely time out there.
1: Yeah, all of the shedlings out there.
0: What are you all doing? I hope you're all having a lovely drinky, um, cozy, foody Christmas. That's the, with like all of your favourite people, or yeah. if you don't like people, with nobody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
1: whatever you're doing, we, Steve and I sincerely hope you're having a lovely Crimbo out there. And we thought we'd celebrate with a, with a mini mini Christmas special, didn't a we? A
0: little mini Christmas special combining a bit of the science shed and science vinyl.
1: We've got a few tunes for you, Christmas there, tunes. There is some Christmas tunes, but of course it wouldn't be Christmas without the wonders, that is. We've got some booze, hooray! Yeah, li- just
0: a little beer.
1: <laughs> hey, there you go. A little quiet bin,
0: Christmas beer. What is this, Steve? Steve's bought the beers. It's from the Shepherd's Neem Brewery. Bishop's Finger. Let's, let's try it again. It's <laughs> mm, a lovely malty, but it's got a bit of bitterness, caramel finish. Caramel. Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> anyway,
1: so it's Christmas, Steve. So It's Christmas. Um, what are well, we going to do? Well, this year, well, because we've launched Science Vinyl, um, we can't just do our normal Christmassy side shed, which is us just, just, just I was hoping that's, that's what we would science. do, but we're not doing that, are we? No, no, no. What we're going to do... One good thing about Christmas. Actually, w- probably the reason I like Christmas the most is I like, no matter what's going to happen in my life... Do you like Christmas? I, <coughs> I love Christmas. Yeah, I, I like absolutely Christmas. love
0: it. I thought you might say that you don't like no,
1: it. No, I absolutely love it. And the reason I like it is because it's always the same. I'm going to eat the same foods. <laughs> I'm going to listen to the same music. I'm going to drink It'll the same... Yeah, never It'll never change. It'll never go away. It'll always be there. It reminds you of, you know, we've been around the, the yeah. sun another time. I get
0: a bit nostalgic at Christmas. Yeah. I had a moment. I was in Waitrose the other day. Shopping with my wife, and um, there were Christmas tunes on. Yep, and there were very some of them we're gonna get through later. We're gonna. But they made, but they made me feel very nostalgic, thinking back to my school sixth form days, and then all of the friends I had in my hometown of Wolverhampton, and how happy I was back in the day. Oh, and how unbelievably what a happy (laughs) time it was, and Christmas was like. The family, you know, my mum, she did such a good job of making a lovely Christmas for, for me and my sister. I think I might start getting emotional now. <laughs> but it was really nice. Yeah. And it was a happy, warm, cozy time. And then all my friends were back. Or, you know, we were at school, they'd be around. Or if it was university, everyone would be back. You'd meet up with your friends. Yeah. Christmas Eve in the same shitty local pub. Exactly. You'd you get used to go to as You'd a You'd always old. finish with a Southern comfort. A <laughs> couple of years. First thing that passed my lips in the morning as well as I bathed it into the <laughs> toilet.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the right passage, isn't it? Going so back, it seeing some people that you haven't seen in the, years. And the music.
0: The music, of course. of course, brings that home to you because you remember, you hear the music and there's something unbelievably visceral about it. I agree. It. Do you know what I mean? There's something deep in the pits of your soul and your psyche which take you back and you can't help but get carried along with it. So and it's a melancholic sort of feeling sometimes as well because you think well times are good but those times they're gone forever
1: they're gone but you know are they that, is, is it not I think it's a good generally it's a good thing reminding of where you've come from and where yeah. you are like what little Nick running around oh, I'd, like, love to, I'd love, around love to be at, but thinking you lo- about what he's going to be when he grows up
0: wouldn't you love to just click your fingers and go back to one of those times
1: in the past at Christmas no Should we try it <gasps>
0: Science Shed! We're in the Science Shed! Science Shed! We're in the Science
1: Shed! Come on, Steve! Bunsen! Burner! Dolly, Internal! Combustion. Why do we need... So. Petri? Dishes! Oscar! Craig. Isaac! Newton! Transplanting!
0: We're
1: going to do some music. We're going to do some music. So I've got some science. presents for you. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I haven't got you any presents again. Steve so is so useless. You know, i bought Steve. This is now a Science Shed tradition. I've bought Steve!
0: I bought him four presents. Oh, do you know how many presents he's
1: bought me? Zero.
0: One I beer. Beers. One beer. I, I did beer. get a coffee earlier on. I've had his hospitality.
1: Um, so, yeah, what we well, thought we'd do is mix a bit of the science shed and a bit of science vinyl, pick yeah. a couple of Christmassy tunes, um, and tag on some interesting science. Okay. Should, right. we,
0: should we start with a tune? Let's start with a tune. Okay. Steve, so
1: that tune, of course, wham, last Christmas. That is, that's is—that's a modern Christmas classic is what that is right there.
0: The thing about that tune is that it's very much, it's cosy. It's got that 80s enveloping synth warm friendliness. Dun,
1: dun, 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 yeah,
0: and it's <laughs> got a lovely, um, happy but also melancholic, unrequited I think, I think it, 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 it
1: encapsulates the feeling of Christmas quite well I think you know it makes you feel Christmassy because there are some songs that are, you know Christmas number one they're not very Christmassy these are my rules for for, for good Christmas songs first yeah. off got to have uh, sleigh bells yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah. so wham chick. tick. children's choir normally works out very well true doesn't have that though. doesn't have that um, saxophone solo yeah that normally signifies very good it's really? all about the kids yes yeah. go back through and listen to them all the good saxophone. ones wizard um, uh, Slave. Saxophone. In. Saxophone. In. Are you shitting me? No, go back in the I didn't even it. notice. Um, uh, but, the, you know, there are a couple that break the rules, and you will tied cheer. That's what you need. Like, th- it's got to make you feel Christmassy. Yeah. And I think Wham does that. Yeah, it is. Cri- it, it's a sort of tune
0: that I hear, and I feel like the central heating's turned up way too much. <laughs> yeah, got and a I'm bit sweating. Outside. I've eaten a lot of chocolate. Anyway, what are we talking about? Science. Science. Wham! Okay. So, last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. Yeah. Do you think it's possible to, to have a heart transplant twice? Do you oh. think you could transplant a heart, and then, and then the again. very next
1: day, the person who's the recipient would give it to someone else? Do you think that's possible? Um, Probably, yeah. Um, I, I can't imagine it's very good for the heart to keep, you know, wazzing it out of one chest into another. It, yeah, it is possible. So I found two papers. Yeah. And the
0: first paper is called One Heart Transplanted Successfully Twice. Right. Oh, yes. And the second paper is called One Heart in Three Patients. Right. So it's been done. Wow. So the first time that H- it H- was... How long ago? So the first report was in 94.
1: Right. Um, I'm sorry, listeners, if you can hear my dog whining upstairs. Um, it's because, we, because Nick's woken her up by shouting instead of having
0: So generally what happens, and what happened in both cases, was that the first patient... Ha- during the procedure, shortly yeah. after, had brain death. Right. So then they transplanted it into someone else. Okay. So it came from one
1: person. So I mean, just I'll just the so second. Ha- how long? How long was it in the second person for?
0: The the intermediate person. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. So in the wham song, you'd think the very next day. day. <laughs>
1: so it'd be like a day later. But luckily enough, the world doesn't follow. It doesn't in use this paper. wham so songs the as the uh, second
0: heart transplant. So this is in the paper in 2012, which yeah. was. The, the, again, it was a, it was four days. So the second heart transplant procedure was from four days after the first. Right. And they mentioned that there are several issues, and you've kind of raised it. The the, the heart is subjected to two ischemic periods. So ischemic means kind of without blood, blood or thing. oxygen. Yeah. Know, in a short interval, and this repeated ischemia could be damaging. In the case, there were four days apart, and the ventricular function was preserved. So that's okay. If it was one day, that arguably would be better. Right, so because wham,
1: wham yeah. or
0: were competent? They were right. Heart surgeons. Yeah, they should have been working in. Andrew um, it was This wasted. hospital was actually in Abu Dhabi. I went there recently. It was a Cleveland uh, clinic in Abu Dhabi, and the, yeah, they whacked it in the next person, and that person lived for a long period of time, eventually dying of leukemia ten months later. Okay, so it's so the possible. heart went from one person to another person. So last Christmas could have been gave him the heart. Four days later, he gave it away. But then you lived a happy life until you died of, of leukemia,
1: Leuce. 10 months mm, later. So this, there you go. And this, and this might explain why you're not a lyricist. All right, Nick, it's my turn. Uh, i Christmas you, song for you. Chris, more Christmas tunes. Yeah. So what one have you got? I've got what I think is a great one. Mm-hmm. John Lennon. Merry Christmas. I love that one.
0: Over. Oh, my goodness. So Shall we what? play it? Yeah. So, this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. And a new one just begun. And so this is Christmas.
1: I so, do you, do you, do you like that one, Nick? I love it, yeah. It's a good one, isn't it? It's a beautiful tune. It's, I th- it's, not, it's a bit miserable, and I think the best Christmas songs are a bit miserable. I'd say it's reflective. Yeah. It's got an air of melancholia Which about is exactly it. Which exactly the opposite to what I just said about the having a Christmas song. But um, Yeah. But I think the absolute... But you know, like you got to learn how to do something right before you do it wrong, right? You know, the... Uh, like. You've got to learn how to do it right before you do it so wrong. So Picasso's a good example of this. He could do all the classical... Could he? Could do wonderfully beautiful paintings. Could to he? Traditional. You I go didn't know th- that. There's a, thing, there's a painting called The Last Communion, and it's absolutely beautiful. It looks like a, looks like a, like a classic master had painted it. And then he goes off and does all his wacky yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll paint but, but, but he could do both. Right. Okay. And I think the same thing's true with, with Christmas songs. Is you have to learn the sleigh bells and the saxophone and all that. Yeah, yeah. And then you can switch to doing it wrong. Yeah. Anyway. That's not... Yeah, Okay. But so, um, I wanted to talk about so another year over, a new one just begun. is a lyric mm. in that,
0: right? It's a bit preemptive, isn't it? Because it's not Christmas, Christmas is like a week before, <laughs> so the year is. I love not how that annoys. <laughs> <over.
1: laughs> <laughs> By like, well, it, still it's like more a week. like a New Year's Eve tune. Isn't fifty-one it? year, fifty-one weeks over. So this is New Year's <laughs> Eve. So I was th- so something happened today, uh, this year it was quite important in the scientific world. Mm. So another year over, a new one just begun. And that's that the kilo was reclassified this year. Oh right. So so, so it's an, so I thought
0: it was just a litre of water.
1: No. Definitely not. Why not? So a kilogram. wouldn't that be better? <laughs> 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 but how do you how do you explain a litre of water to an alien or something?
0: We have ten centimeters by ten centimetres. But how do you explain by what a centimeter is? Well then there's something to do with an electron bouncing so in like the so number of times a quartz atom
1: vibrates or some this bullshit is, um, like that. Well, this is the thing. So, <laughs> we've been re- we've redefined a kilogram. Yeah. So, up until now, most of the SI units yeah. have been defined by some physical constant. Which, some, that's some reasonable. Truth. That's yeah. what it should be. Well, no, with the exception of the kilogram. But that's stupid. The kilogram is just a big chunk of platinum and iridium that sits in uh, Paris. Yeah, yeah, but that's r- stupid. <laughs> well, so, the reason that's stupid is because, one, it limits access to people because not everyone can get to paris to see you know how how much a kilogram it is it also means that it can change with time right so what they did is that the, the original kilogram which is how can it change with time well this is a, they don't really know so i'll show you some Bits data in a second drop off it well and and it gets heavier so what they did is they took the, the original kilogram which is this platinum uh, and iridium cylinder which sits in the in some vault in paris they made a bunch of different clones of it right this was this is um back in 1799 is when they originally made the yeah. the original kilogram i it's see they're irritating me it's, it's called it's called the grand k big see, it's k irritating it's so french but then so then they made a series of smaller ones which are right. also really valuable and like yeah. i think we've got one the us has got one china's got one stuff like right. that right? and then they were distributed around the world and then they measured those in 1970 in 1918 sorry 1889 1946 and 1989 yeah and i'm going to show you the data of their masses changing with yeah time. but if
0: that's the definition of a kilogram they're going to be the same. No. But your measurement technique is wrong. No, no, no. Because yeah. if you define the kilogram as that's a kilogram, <laughs> then your no, no, thing, so your thing that you're so measuring so it is no, by no, definition no, no,
1: no, no. wrong. So the grand K is, <laughs> but, but these other ones, these other ones, which should be the same, are kept, made of the same material, kept right. in the same thing. Yeah. Uh, in exactly the same way. They, some were getting heavier and some were getting lighter. So, so the they, masses they, were diverging. Compared with each other, they're different. Yes, yeah. they were changing. So like, okay. how, can we, how can we define what a kilogram only,
0: is? It can be only one, Steve. <laughs> it can, it's just like it be only one. Exactly. Um, this is, this proves the stupidity of having, I mean, surely you just <laughs> define l- something based on like distances or something. Do you know yeah,
1: what I mean? Well, so, so yeah, I mean. And temperatures and but things. But it's interesting, so many other SI units depend upon the definition of a kilogram. Like what? So, so the, the mole does. Oh, yeah. Right? The uh, uh, ampere does. Oh, my goodness. Because it depends on the fundamental <gasps> unit charge. So you oh, have to redefine, because obviously, if anyone remembers their chemistry, a mole is... The amount of substance in 12 grams of carbon 12 so if if a gra- if a kilogram's changing a gram's changing and therefore a mole's changing oh my goodness. so you have to like readjust so do you know how they've done it it's kind of interesting I kind of a quite mole like it. no the the kilogram how they how they how they <laughs> living in a hole jeez is that what we've come to a mole <laughs> so what they've done why should a
0: mole care about the mass of an iridium lump <laughs> it's calling in its hole it's
1: happy <laughs> it's happy it's christmas it's happy why would you care um so, so, so the question is, how do you create a mass standard that Don't will remain unchanged, but also be available <laughs> to everyone everywhere? How do you what? do it? No. So Don't what, know. what they've done is they've taken... So so. there's a couple of equations now. So remember that uh, E is equal to... MC squared. Yes. And it's also equal to Planck's constant times the frequency. Is right? it? Lam- yeah. So so that's the... <laughs> Great. Should, yeah. So what that means is that the, frank, so the M in MC squared, right, yeah. is mass. Yeah. C is the speed of light. Yeah. Yeah. So at Planck's constant, which varies depending on how you measure it, because the instruments are different. What they've done is they've fixed... Planck's how can it be con- constant if it's... Well, because it w- uh, there's variations in our <laughs> so measurement It's another bloody it. basic error that these scientists have made. They call it a constant, and it's not! <laughs> well, it's, con- <laughs> but it's constant up until, like, you know, experimental error. Uh, so what they've done is they fixed the um, uh, constant. If you fix the constant, then what that does is it has a cycle shift now. So now a kilogram... Isn't defined by this tube of this cylinder in Paris anymore. You can wang it in a bin. You can wang it in the bin. Great. I'm happy with that. If that's the end result (laughs) of this story, you can wang it in a bin. Then job done. Do you want? You said that. So here's an example. So they've been measuring Planck's constant because obviously if we've got to agree on it, we're going to fix Planck's constant now. So here's some data about different techniques. The the predominant one is called a it's called a watt balance or a kibble balance, which is how you can really if. So what you do is you take a. Steve's
0: just shown me a fairly unintelligible graph (laughs) with some green on it and some lines. Yeah. So what they've done
1: is lots of different labs around the world have been trying to measure Planck's constant to the highest possible precision you can do. And they're in the, you know, we're talking about the sixth decimal place here of Planck's constant. Uh, So it's really, really well-defined. And they had to develop new instrumentation to be able to do this. Um, And uh, because of that, they can, so now we've officially fixed Planck's constant. Great. Which means means that the kilogram has has now changed. I'm so happy about this. Don't you like it? I'm so no, happy. because think about it. Like, no, think about why it's important, right? Because you think about what... It's the, about the, the moles numbers. and the holes. No, the numbers. <laughs> it's about the moles and the holes. The numbers are, are what allow us to rationalise the chaos of the universe and yes. to make sense of it. Yeah. Right? And the fact... <laughs> the numbers! <laughs> the numbers <laughs> are what
0: allow us to rationalise the chaos in the
1: universe! <laughs> oh, I was trying to be all excited by it, but Nick just... Jake it just insults me. Every time, every single, even at Christmas. Christmas.
0: They said there'll be snow at Christmas. They said there'll be peace oh. on earth. But instead, it just kept on raining. A veil of tears for the virgin birth. I believe in Father Christmas. I really like this as a tune, just standalone it's music. Very Christmasy. I like it. And it's about it's quite serious. The lyrics are about the over commercialisation of Christmas. Yeah. And the naffness of the whole thing and the lack of the human, you know, yeah. it's about feigning the joy the human and surprise spirit. at the
1: gifts we despise. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so um quick bit of trivia. Do you know what year this was released? No idea. Seventy eight. Seventy five. Yeah. Do you know where it got to in the charts? Number four. Number two. Uh. Kept off number one by a very famous tune. Gone Bohemian Rhapsody by uh. Queen kept it off number one that year. Anyway, it's a good tune, it's got a bit of Prokofiev in the middle. Yep. Troika. Which is a ro- is a, from a film, a Russian Soviet film, called Lieutenant Kije or Kije, I can't remember don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah. Troika of course is a Russian sled. Yeah. Which is why the Christmas theme. You imagine a sleigh riding through the snowy wastes of Siberia, blah 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 blah, blah all that type of thing. Yeah. Very nice tune. Anyway, I believe in Father Christmas. Oh, we've done a few calculations before. We I'm have. I'm not sure that we covered it in an exhaustive. Fashion. Okay.
1: Let's <laughs> let, let's let's flog that horse. Well, let's just focus on one. Okay.
0: Yeah. How how much money, assuming that each child was yeah. spent hundred pounds. Yeah. How much money would Sam spend on Christmas presents you, yeah. uh,
1: Okay. So the seven billion people in the world, if we split there, there's probably going to be, what, say two billions. So it's going to be, uh, uh, let's say a hundred. A 100 a billion
0: about 60 billion right okay um, that's pretty close yeah within two so th- uh, I, I, I sort of worked out there's somewhere in the region of 600 million children in the world right so if all of those presents if yeah. each child had a present yeah and it was somewhere in the region of let's a very conservative estimate 10 yeah. centimetres by 20 centimetres
1: yeah that's a small present in dimensions it's a yeah. fairly
0: small present yeah so I'm keeping it conservative yeah what volume would that occupy Ooh. on his sleigh, Santa's sleigh? Um, so we're talking about cubes, cube
1: to cube metres or Yeah, something? cubic
0: metres or just like dimensions. How big would the object be? How okay. big would his sleigh be? I, I mean, Just if it was purely present.
1: <laughs> so the, let alone the fuel he would need to lift that amount of yeah, weight. Yeah, I'm not
0: even going to go there.
1: <coughs> I don't know, is it um, a mile in each direction?
0: No, 100 metres in each direction. Okay. Or about All
1: 110 right. metres in each
0: direction. Right. So Santa's got a big job. Yeah. Nevertheless, I believe in him.
1: You believe in part because of the that's
0: Christmas. not too big, right? Half a million tons, hundred meter cubed. Yeah, if you've got access to a little bit of magic,
1: or if you have like a, a, like a series of helicopters, like they're all carrying you know smaller. Ch- if you had a hundred helicopters there, that's that might be doable. Do you 1, know what? So in let, let's the U.S. military's what What's, probably the, got lar- 1, what's
0: the largest machine ever made? Most powerful machine ever made by a human beings? The Saturn V rocket.
1: So how many payloads of Saturn V Ooh, rocket that's would a good it be? Thing uh it's probably not that many it's um I don't know a hundred
0: uh about yeah about 200 payloads okay something like that so yeah you can do it so it's not it's not
1: like it's not a million fold out no, it's no. Kind
0: 100 meters by 100 meters that's not that big yeah I mean it's you know. large <laughs> but it's not like as big as the planet is it
1: no it's not like <laughs> it's not like we dragging a moon behind him or I, something. You
0: know, and having read all that I believe
1: in father Christmas. Nick, Steve, we've come to the last Christmassy song. And I think it is the greatest Christmas song ever written. And the, the, the most miserable and therefore the best is um, the, the Pokes, The Fairy Tale of New York.
0: Yeah, it's a good tune. I'm kind of sick of it though, Steve. It's a great tune, it stands by itself, but I've heard it. It's, it's been going on, it's on the radio
1: since mid no <laughs> bloody November. Anyway, there is a line in that which says, uh, if you remember, it says, got on a lucky one, came in 18 to 1. Oh yeah. So I want to talk about odds and statistics. Oh, great. I'm going to talk about a specific person, a Hungarian uh, statistician yeah. called Abraham Wald. Have you heard of him? Oh, Adrian Abraham Abraham Wald. Oh yeah, of course mate. I've heard of him. So he was a uh,
0: no, uh, uh, Hungarian mathematician
1: of who he contributed to decision theory, geometry, economics, founded statistical sequential analysis.
0: Oh, that Abraham. Uh, yeah, and he was right. a, he
1: was a, he was a researcher at Columbia University, right? Was he? Never heard of him. Well, anyway, he's. I don't think statistician. many people have heard of. Him. So yeah, so there's lots of these kind of counterintuitive statistical arguments. The Monty Hall is a, probably the most famous example, whereby there's the three doors and behind one of them there is a goat, and you're allowed to open one of the doors and show that there's not a goat, and they would ask you, and then you get asked the decision: do you want to change your decision for the other two doors? And it's actually it's in your favour to make a dec- to actually oh, yeah, yeah. swap than it is to remain with some the some bu- some crap like that. Yeah, I don't ever understand. It. So there are these interesting probability, um, and I want to talk about a specific one by Abraham Wald.
0: I'm sick of this Abraham
1: dude. No, you're no. like him, right? So he wrote. He was um, he was a member of the statistical research group during the Second World War. Oh yeah. And he was he was charged with the idea of looking at um, uh, Allied aircrafts, right? Yeah. And he what he was. Done is he said, okay, they, they looking at them. So, so, looking at them after they come back from combat um, and, and, and examining infa- them, examining them okay. and finding out where they're just sitting in a deck chair at a distance.
0: <laughs> we did well, I've, looked, I've looked at them. Wait, How do Hungarian le- speak? have
1: le- le- looked at <laughs> That's Russian. How is that Hungarian? <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, so he was examining, uh, doing a statistical analysis on the bullet holes and the damage of planes that have been in combat arenas. Oh, yeah. And come back, and the goal was it really to try and where should we augment the uh, the armor on the plane? Right. So they're saying if it's being shot more in one place, you know, we need to put more armor on there. Reasonable. Yep. Um, so one of the problems that this SRG, this statistical research group, worked on uh, was to examine this distribution of damage to aircraft to provide advice on how to minimize bomber losses in en- enemy fire. Right. So here's the data. He see so he wrote this. Pa- he was charged with, with writing, with evaluating this. He wrote a paper, which you can still get, which is called A Method of Estimating Plane Vulnerability Based Upon Damage of Survivors. Right. It's, it's public. It's it's. Um, 89 pages of maths, right? And I'm just, I'm going to show you, I'm going I'm to zoom through it so, so you can convert. It's just, mm. so it's just maths mm. after maths after maths, right? So it's a proper statistician, right? And here's the data they showed you. So I'm going to show a picture n- now, Nick, of an aeroplane uh, with a load of red dots on those. Mm. Red dots, red dots mm. represent statistical, um, wh- where the bullet holes or damage was after, a p- after many planes came yeah. out. Anyway, so based upon that, describe what you're seeing there.
0: It's a plane um, from the side and from the top, Yeah. and just taking the one from the top, it looks like there's lots of bullet holes towards the end of the wings, Yeah. and very close to the fuselage, with a bare patch in between. So
1: basically, there's a a diagram of a plane. Why is there a bare patch? Well, there's areas that have got loads of spots in, and areas that don't. So based upon, which is where the damage was, so based upon this analysis, where would you suggest to put the armour? Where all the spots are. Ah, that's ex- you, you've walked into my trap. Oh, all okay. right. Because basically what that means is these are the areas of the plane that are phenomenally brilliant at taking Oh, yeah, de- I see, because de- de- you
0: don't see the ones that have
1: crashed. All of the places that haven't crashed are on ah, the air or where, so the, where the wings are.
0: I see. So, so the, the plane's... The planes which have received bullet holes in the areas which you don't see them in which, if the are actually large, not come back. Exactly, because they've okay. all crashed. And yeah, they all get it.
1: And so actually, they, they, because um, at that time the the Allies were just they they were using this data to put heavier and heavier pl- uh, armor on planes, yeah. which meant they c- couldn't fly as far because they were heavy. Mm. And he came in with a bit of statistical analysis. Job
0: done. Job done. But couldn't you just send them pictures and solve the maths?
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you just have the picture. He <laughs> could have done, but he'd rather he'd rather have. A rather <laughs> I'd <laughs> rather have 89 pages <laughs> of uh, partial differential equations. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that is uh, very good. Came in 18 to 1. Great. Present, Steve. Ah, yeah. So I'm gonna give these out. This is now the second Christmas podcast we've done where I haven't bought you a gift. Yeah, well there you go. This <sighs> is the first one. Right, so I've got. A Don't get excited. Thanks very much, Nick. First so I'll course.
0: pass Steve a wrapped present. Steve, as you can hear,
1: I'm wrapping it. Ah, oh, I've got a calendar called Perfect Puppies. Oh, thanks, Nick. So Steve,
0: I thought Steve. I got st- a puppy this year. what I thought you might say when I asked you you asked me professionally
1: (laughs) Uh, was I talking professionally oh I'm sorry of course the best thing I've got I love you Ripley Um, which is my dog's name do you know what the most cute time for a dog is
0: in its life, uh, we, how, how does one evaluate You c- get a bunch c- of people cutometry. to look at, look at photos of different breeds of dogs and they pick when they think the dog's the most cute. Right. Um, know, on average, it is. I reckon well,
1: when they're first born, they look a bit alien-like and then they go up a bit in cuteness and then it drops again when they mature. So I reckon something like... Three months old. Oh, you're not far off, mate. Eight weeks. Oh, there Statistically, we go. dogs are at their cutest at eight weeks. So, what have you got in that calendar?
0: Let's have a look. So, I bought oh. this from Shirley High Street, Did you which really? is in a mine of crap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've got a series <laughs> of uh, puppies. On What's that calendar. one? Oh, look this at is, that uh, one. I think not quite Steve sure loves kind of dog his is. cute little doggies because he's got a cute little dog. I don't know what that dog is. It's got a, it's got a pug. Let's go to October. That's the okay, best. Okay,
0: October. What month is your birthday? March. What have you got for March? Oh, let's have a look.
1: March is a... Oh, it's like a... um, It's a uh, Labrador. Oh, there
0: you go. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with a Labrador, oh, can oh, you? Oh, thanks,
1: mate. I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you. That's all right, man. Um, Enjoy that. What do You think of me when you're that's writing. Going, that's going up in my... Fa- when I build my fancy kitchen, the first thing that will have pride of place is like a really crap calendar. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, you feel free to throw it in the bin, too. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's very kind. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, present number two, Steve. Present number two. This one's a little bit more of a kind of nice, serious... Uh, not serious present, but... It's a, you... a present which uh, is oh, it looks like a book to me. A book, yeah. Well, it could oh. be um, a very... I don't know. So this is a book which...
1: Oh, it's by Max Perutz. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Tell us about it, Steve. It's I wish, I'd, uh, wish, I wish I'd Made You Angry Earlier, Essays on Science, Scientists and Humanities by Max Perutz. Max Perutz, yeah.
0: So if you don't know out there, listen, it's Max Perutz. He, he won the Nobel Prize in the 60s for um, crystallography. Yeah. He specifically was, um, of hemoglobin legend. and myoglobin. So those are the two molecules that carry oxygen around your bloodstream. And the is very important because it's interesting, because they've got an interesting mechanism when oxygen is either absorbed or... Do you know there's a
1: great story about? this? So when they were trying to crystallise haemoglobin, they were doing it, it, this was in Cambridge, mm-hmm. I should add. Um, uh, they, they used to take, it was from a horse, the haemoglobin, that they originally took the crystal structure from. And they, um, they used to take, they could only ever get crystals, so they could, they could quite reliably get crystals. Um, but they couldn't get a diffraction pattern from them. So, mm-hmm. so that was not the challenge. Was crystallizing the protein. It was actually trying to understand to to do the the crystallography.
0: So maybe we should fill people in on. Yeah. Like, so just very briefly, crystallography, it's kind of like you shine light through it, and you can see patterns
1: like diffraction patterns. It's kind, someone explained it to me in quite a quite good way. It's, it's like shining light onto a disco ball the light gets bounced, you know, you see the pattern on the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, yeah, And then trying to work out from the pattern on the ceiling, working out the shape of the disc. Exactly. Cable. Yeah, that's uh, a
0: really good analogy.
1: Um, so, yeah, um, so so he did this for, so, so crystallography existed for a long time, but never in a molecule as complex as hemoglobin. But um, anyway, yeah, he, uh, I saw him give a talk um, and, uh, well, sorry, it was a recorded talk, but he was talking about it uh, in the chemistry department in Cambridge a long time ago. And um, they had this bucket They had two buckets. One was made of metal, one was made of steel, uh, of of iron, and one was made of plastic. And they only ever got crystals from the metal bucket, and it took them about two years to figure it out because they kept getting crystals reliably and they thought it was the first thing is they thought it was a student and the student oh no you can't do it properly you know whatever and it was the bucket the whole time there was something about the iron small trace iron content from the bucket some kind of seed that was was enabling it to form or or stabilising it once it formed they never really did it but it was actually so so the reason you know he he attributes his PhD in this part to to, to buckets which which I quite like he's
0: quite an interesting guy because he he was escaped he was Jewish um, although ca- Catholic religion, but Jewish ancestry, ca- came from escape from the Nazis, and then he got interred in. Um, he was treated as an enemy because he was a foreign national in Britain mm. at the outbreak of the war, and a lot of those people were kind of treated as enemy alien. Yeah, so he was actually in the state. put on a boat to Canada and had to right. spend the year I in didn't Canada. Know that. Yeah, so and actually that book which I have read, there's a re- the, it's this collection of essays, so it's ideal to have in the bog. Because you can read a little bit of I'll it. i read
1: it over Christmas. Yeah, it's I'm a nice little, little book. To Thank so, you So, yeah, much. enjoy very that. Very kind of but, of yeah, yeah, so um, he's an I interesting actually, guy. you like not buying me stupid gifts. You're actually buying ones that's considered. On that note, here you go. Have, <laughs> have a stupid <laughs> gift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got here? What have we got here?
0: So, again, this is from Shirley High Street. So, Steve, if you see on the front leg there's a button you're supposed to push. Yes. You press that button and watch what happens.
1: It's a. But can I just can I tell the listeners what it is? Yeah, go on. It's a musical twerking festive dog.
0: Think, What's going on with the dog at the moment? The so d-
1: dog is shaking its head and twerking simultaneously, while "Baby Got Back" gets played. <laughs> Do you know what, Nick? If, if you, anyone's ever met me, they could really understand how I would like that. That's, <laughs> a, that's everything I look for in, in my life is something that's really well made. Oh, my God. It's like it's created in a poor taste lab.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, if you want more uh, of that sort of stuff... Um, Shirley High Street is a place to go. Yeah. So, Steve, can dogs dance in reality? Because <laughs> that so, dog is dance, definitely dancing. Right. Dance,
1: Colin, dance. <laughs> can um, they dance? Uh, no.
0: They can't. You're right. Oh. Do you know? Do you? Know, are there any any animals that can dance? Uh, bears.
1: Well, bears oh, not really. They're, they're how, do you, how do you define dancing? Well,
0: that's a good question. They have to be synchronization to a musical beat okay. or some kind of synchronization of movement, which is adaptable. So a bear dances because some bloke's got a <laughs> ring through its nose and <laughs> yanks the ring, so the bears going... to the beat.
1: <laughs> Um, okay, so I suppose um, don't birds of some variety yeah, dance? Well done, yeah, yeah, well done, Steve. So there's a paper
0: in 2009. Parrots can um, uh, can dance it's and they can adapt their movement and they will bop in time with music and no one really understands it or well, why birds do it and other animals don't. It's thought it's possibly to do with um, sound communication so important in animals in rating and things like that so it well, may that's be true irrelevant. of all animals like, I mean it's not as though sound isn't important if you're a chimp or whatever. true yeah. true yeah, yeah but anyway dogs can't dance so there's no evidence that a dog can twirl well
1: I've, I've got some evidence <laughs>
0: right here <laughs> oh no you've set it off again we're going to have to fill while it finishes its stupid dance wobbling its head the oh, Okay, right. well, yeah, put that. For that the thanks for that. That'll Nick, slowly like. die. <laughs> the batteries, hopefully, will be near the end of their lives. But yeah, I doubt know. it. Considering how feel time. free to throw that in the bin when you're <laughs> bored of it. Steve, here's your last present. Oh, so no. there's something in the in here, and I want you to read. Right, it's a card. Yeah,
1: but there's something I, but in I'm there. I'm going to open. It. Oh, Nick, I feel really bad because we've actually put some thought and care into the gifts. <laughs> oh, there's, there's some dogs. It's a dog. Oh, there's a Frenchie. So don't worry about the card. The yeah. It's a dog Christmas card. It's but what's,
0: what's written on this sheet? So fold yeah, it around the other way. And read it from the top. So It says you should...
1: Ah, oh, that's so cute. Nick has got me lessons for transcendental meditation. <laughs>
0: It's not Which actually a lesson, it's an introductory session. Okay. It's on the 28th of December, and I know you're around because you told You've me earlier t- on. <laughs> I, I'll go, I'll definitely go to that. Where is so, it?
1: Where is it? So, I don't know... It's, where it. Oh, it's in Islington. It's in Islington. Oh, I'll nearby. definitely go to that.
0: Oh, it's a talk. It's a talk. Uh, yeah, but you have a chance to meet a teacher and develop right. a relationship if you want. So, you we don't to, know when... To, to so, this podcast... we. we've yeah. You, listeners will be unaware, but in a podcast that's coming out shortly in the future, we discuss the science of transcendental meditation. In Steve is somewhat
1: sceptical. That I mean, so I think, I think that any
0: kind of scepticism has to be addressed through experience. You're absolutely right. So
1: Steve's um, going to go to transcendental <laughs> <laughs> meditation that's very kind of you Nick I very that's appreciate it that's very kind no problem and uh, well, well Merry you'll Christmas you be reporting back to us man. absolutely I can, will come back and I will be a fully <laughs> fully changed man spiritually enlightened <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to me. and Merry Christmas to Merry Christmas
0: goodness. to all of you Yeah. enjoy your Christmases whatever you're doing and we'll
1: we'll see you in you. 2019 do get in touch with us I'm at we the Evans Lab I'm uh, at we'll Steve together. the Chemist uh, we can do the Science Shed yes. or at the Science Final now yeah allowed. wish us a Merry Christmas we wish you Ho, ho,
0: ho, like ho, A
1: shining star upon the highest bar.